0: You're listening to Impact Sports Radio, and this is Behind the Mask. Behind the Mask. We're back again, and this time we actually have hockey to talk about. Gentlemen, how are we? Doing
1: great. Doing doing great. We got hockey. Can't be better.
0: Great time of the season. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, everyone has now played. We officially, uh, we're done previewing. We could actually talk about games that occurred. Um, so we'll look into the Big Ten first, uh, Minnesota swept Penn State in, in their series, Michigan sweeps Wisconsin in probably the most entertaining series of the weekend, uh, Wisconsin swept Penn State, Minnesota swept Ohio State, um, yeah, that, that's the uh, action outside of East Lansing that occurred this weekend, Minnesota, Michigan, and Wisconsin are looking good right now, uh, Penn State and Ohio State are not, so what do we take away from this weekend?
1: I mean, Wisconsin, kind of a shocker. We, all of us were kind of harping that they wouldn't be that great of a team, they want to play together, and they come out very, very strong, looking completely opposite of what we all predicted. So, Wisconsin, props to them.
2: Yeah, I mean, I would say, um, really, Wisconsin was the only real surprise of the weekend. Other than that, like, out of the teams that kind of really asserted themselves um, as legitimate good teams, I mean, we already knew about Minnesota and Michigan. Wisconsin was a bit of a surprise. I was very impressed with how MSU played this weekend. Um, but all in all, not too much of a surprise.
3: Yeah, I mean, those boys up in Madison really came out of the gates. Um, I mean, you play two close games against um, the one of the teams that's pretty much supposed to win the Big Ten this year in Michigan. And then you go to uh, – or you uh you allow penn state to uh come into your house and you just completely wipe the floor with them um so you know Madison's having a fun time, but you know penn state it's it's very very mellow and unhappy valley over there so
0: unhappy valley. <laughs> And, yeah, um, so uh, Michigan and Wisconsin offenses are rolling. We look at who's leading the country in points so far. Granted, Wisconsin has played two more games, but the top five scorers in the country are all either Badgers or Wolverines. Uh, Linus Weinbach leads the country – Weisbach, my bad – leads the country with nine points in six games, including four goals. Behind him, Cole Caulfield, Kent Johnson, Thomas Bordlow – I think I said that right uh, – Tarek Baker. Brennan McManus from Minnesota, and then Maddie Biners, freshman from Michigan. So, Wisconsin and Michigan can put the puck in the net, and Penn State cannot, despite shooting what seems like seventy times a game. That still, that still just baffles me. Uh, in case anyone missed it, I, what was the final tra- shot total on that, on that uh, Penn State Wisconsin game? It was like fifty-two to sixteen or something. No, no, it was. Oh, it, it, was, it, was it was like fifty.
3: Yeah. The first game, it was was blasphemous.
0: I couldn't believe it. I was watching. Uh, You can check my Twitter, which I will plug later, if you want to see more about that. But now we talk about what we're actually here to talk about, which is Spartan Hockey. Um, We have a line chart before we get into actual actual recaps of what happened this week. And we have a line chart. So same line chart, both games. Uh, uh, Starting six was Charlie Combs, of course, the grad transfer. Uh, Josh Nowler, AJ Hodges, Cole Krieger, and Dennis Sazana, and Drew DeRitter. What do we like and not like about this line chart?
1: Uh, well, what I like the most is the top line, the line that you just highlighted. I, When I uh, predicted the lines, I put the Pap, Lewandowski, and Mueller line on the top. I mean, really, it doesn't matter which one's first, second, third, fourth, but... I put them on top and to see the line chart come out with Josh Nadler, Charlie Combs and AJ Hodges as the first line. I was a little bit surprised, but when I started watching the games, I immediately found out why Josh Nadler. It looks like he took an immediate step forward. He looks a lot more comfortable at center and commanding that whole entire line. And AJ Hodges, the freshman, I, I was really impressed by his play. He seemed like he he's been playing college hockey for a couple of years. And it's surprising to me. I thought Charlie Combs on this line would be the most interesting one to watch, but not to knock him at all, Josh Nadler and A.J. Hodges were more interesting to watch than him. So I like that line the most. It was very fun to watch them play.
2: Yeah, and you touched on that, uh, on that second line with Lewandowski, Papp, and Mueller for a little bit. And personally, I thought they, they were like the ones that are most interesting to watch for me. I just thought they had like a really nice chemistry together. I think they were able the to move the puck around try and generate opportunities all in all pretty well. I just thought their chemistry looked very good. And I thought it was, especially with, you know, Pap being young and everything, I just thought it was, like, all in all, nice chemistry. I thought they played very well.
3: Yeah, I mean, not to sound too scripted about going down the lines, but I like that third line of uh, Joshua, A, Pap, and Stevens. Um, The only line that does not have a newcomer, um, and I feel like they played pretty well. Um, Joshua, Jaeger Joshua used his size. Um, I'm full steam ahead on the Tommy train. I like both Tommies. And then, you know, <laughs> Brody Stevens coming in on the right. I mean, Derry did what you want a third line to do. Uh, use your size, um, use your speed and experience to basically set up those guys on the first and second lines um, in the offensive zone. And um, basically you have a lot of good uh, face-off um, a lot of good centers on faceoffs on uh, all three, all four, actually, of your lines. So, you know, getting those offensive zone face-offs was really helpful for the Spartans.
0: Yeah, we didn't even look at defense yet. Um, pretty notable. Uh, the Kriegers were split up in the line charts uh, with Cole with Susanna and Christian with Aiden Gallagher and Nash which, by the way, uh, it's not often that you you put two freshmen defensemen out there who had no scrimmages, no, no, nothing. Like this was their first game on the blue line, and Neenhouse and Gallagher did not make it like a notable mistake. Like they they pushed the puck up the ice, they played well in the neutral zone, they defended, they cleared the front of the net. They basically did what you what you, what you asked defensemen to do. It was their first game as true freshmen, so I thought that was notable. And Cam, going back to your point, uh, I do think uh, you, you talked about the the time I trained around. Um, APAP and Lewandowski, I think, outside of Drader, are my two MVPs of the weekend. I think I think both of them played really well. Lewandowski looks like he's ready to fill the holes of all the seniors that left last year and left the scoring. And APAP it just might be the best two-way forward in the Big Ten. Uh, from a like, defensive standpoint, That could also contribute on offense. So now we looked at uh, that. Let's talk about what happened. So first night, uh, opening night, uh, Michigan State takes a semi-early lead. I figure which period would have scored him. Christopher Krieger gets his first career goal off a one-timer from Josh Nadler, makes it 1-0. And then later in the game, you had uh, just a bouncing puck in front of the Ritter. It was tucked for short side with like four minutes left in the game. That game goes to overtime. And they mandated because uh, Arizona State's an independent, they would get a three-on-three overtime period for five minutes. And if not, they'd end in a tie. And don't love it, but it's what happens. And both teams get the tie game one. Uh So, yeah, what do you guys see opening night? Because I know that one was on television.
1: So something that I highlighted in the preview was depth. Uh, Dan Cole talked a lot about depth, how this is – basically the most depth he's ever had all four lines and defense. And it really showed in the first game. I didn't really look at one single forward line that commanded the game. It seemed like every line really had their, their highs and their lows. And it wasn't like one was absent and you know, there's a, there's a line that just kept all the offense going. It, it really seemed like the depth was showing it. It showed really well. And uh, that's, that's really what I saw. I, I, Read a lot about in the preseason, and it was good to see it in the first game and the second game. So love the depth. Maybe this is just the goalie me coming out, but I just loved how sound MSU looked defensively in
2: in that game. I mean, every all the defensemen seemed focused. They're on the right angles and everything. DeRitter looked sharp. He seemed focused. It was just there was no real, real holes in the game. The one goal was kind of fluky, I thought, but. Um, other than that, it was very hard to find any faults without the defense played in that game.
3: Yeah, I mean, I touched on it a couple weeks ago that, you know, you lose a lot of your high-end scores. You're going to have to start winning these one nothing, 2-1 games. Um, little did I know, I did not believe that we were going to get treated to a defensive clinic. That was that first game. Um I felt it was really shocking, especially in the second period. Uh, MSU kind of got into some trouble um, early and late in that period of getting the puck out of the zone. But um, it really it really kind of helps your young defenseman when you have uh, veteran forwards coming back on the back check, um, as well as, you know, highlighting Christian Krieger getting his first goal as a Spartan, um, being the fourth man in on a rush. Um, I mean, you get – If you're not going to get – you lose a lot of scoring from the year before, you're going to have to have your defensemen get more involved. And we thought that would be with, you know, Sasana, who's the leading defenseman point getter in the Big Ten, coming back um, this season, if I believe. Um, But, you know, it it ended up being one of the Krieger brothers. And then, you know, you get a lot of these – your young defensemen are getting bailed out, essentially, um, in a good way, in a very good way by your veteran forwards coming back to help them out, which, you know, just shows how much this team has actually been gelling um, this off season. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do.
0: Yeah, no, you talked about um, like how the, the defense was starting to get involved more. I think that's the biggest, the change I've, I've seen from last year, to this year, I mean, I grant small sample size, but Dan Cole talked about in the post game presser as well. Uh, just like how well, like how proud, like not proud, of how, how happy he was with how the defensemen are kind of driving the break-in you know, in the neutral zone. Like instead of like getting getting to the forwards and letting them do the work, they're kind of like staying in the play and they're like they're they're kind of playmaking themselves. And Dan Cole said he liked that too. Because you notice like the, like the defensemen will step up, they will they will carry it, they will dump it in themselves, they won't just dump it off to a winger or a center. So I thought that was notable, and I think that will help them in going forward on offense. All right, and then, yes, Jake, we talked about DeRitter. We'll get to him uh, in game two because night uh, night number two, uh, Michigan State gets a 2-0 win for DeRitter's first ever Michigan State shutout. And, yeah, uh, so that performance probably earned DeRitter the honors he get, which which eh, honors he got, which were Big Ten second star of the week. Uh, he allowed one goal in 125 minutes of play which is just unreal. And he, later, uh, late in that second game, he did flirt with that shutout a little bit and scare uh, Danton Cole and the rest of his team, getting a little aggressive. But if he was feeling good. He still got the shutout. And once again, Michigan State gets a first goal of the year from Mitch Matson, And then Lewandowski puts the dagger late in the game on a rebound. So, and this is the, uh, that was actually the first time uh, Michigan State put up 40 shots in the game since that one nothing game versus Penn State with a really sold-out standing room. So, what'd you guys see night two?
1: Night two, the pilot of the game, De Ritter. I I kind of ate my words last week. I was talking about maybe if De Ritter didn't get off to a hot start, you would see uh, Pierce Charleston come into net. But De Ritter said, "No, no, Ryan, I got this." He said that directly to me. By the way, no, he didn't. But he uh, he stepped into net and he looks like he didn't skip a beat off of last year, even though he played. I, I I think around four or five games last year, but DeRitter looked great in that series and hopefully he continues to look great. And uh, yeah, that's, that's what I saw. Yeah. I'm going to harp on
2: or payback off of exactly what Ryan said. Man, man was DeRitter. Um, I just thought his improvement from last year to this year, from what I had seen in those two games was just like astounding. Like, I remember watching those very few games that he played last year and just like looking really shaky. And like, I I felt like he was kind of overthinking things a little bit and um, kind of letting the moment get to him. He wasn't doing that this time. He, he seemed calm. He was focused. He was attentive. There's no real holes in his game. You couldn't, nothing you could pinpoint. And so I just, I love to see what the improvement I saw from Dritter was.
3: Yeah. I mean, the Ritter played lights out uh, for 125 minutes. Um, I said, you know, Michigan. If Michigan State's gonna win this series, they're gonna win it on the faceoff dots, and that's exactly what they did in both games. Um, especially in game game number two, they won 32 out of 49 draws. Nobody on the Arizona State bench won more than 50 percent of their draws. Um, State just killed them on the faceoff circles. Tommy Apap went fourteen and seven. Josh Nadler went eleven and four. It you puck possession is key, especially with fast paced teams, um, which is what Michigan State's going to see with a couple of the uh, couple of the higher end teams in the Big Ten. And if you can win those faceoffs, whether they're um, in the neutral zone or in the offensive zone, they they're, they're going to look very deadly. Um, and keeping puck possession and keeping teams on their toes, so.
1: Oh, you're muted, Hattie. Yep,
0: I'm <laughs> muted. I forgot. Sorry, I'm used to doing this in a studio, but we'll be back there eventually. But for now, we're stuck on Zoom. But, yeah, as um, overall pretty good weekend for Michigan State, I think if you said they're going to go 1-0-1 with one goal out all weekend, I think they'd say they take that. Because Arizona State is not as bad of a team that they've gotten off to end as – Arizona State is not as bad as their record says they are. And they'll pick it up eventually. But I think this is going to be for Michigan State. I think everyone played well. And I I can't think of anyone that had a weak weekend. And they carry that into Columbus this weekend, which is now we get into our Ohio State preview. Uh, The Buckeyes are coming off getting swept. And they're also on a short week. They finished their week last night, which was Tuesday night. And they play again this weekend, hosting Spartans. And it wasn't a pretty weekend either. They they they're coming off getting swept by Minnesota where they scored one goal all weekend. However, Michigan State will have a pretty tough task. They're playing – I mean, depending on where you're standing, Tommy Napier and Strassman are probably the two best goalies they'll play this year. But either way, Tommy Napier is not easy to beat, especially in Columbus. Ohio State's an aggressive team. They get after you in the neutral zone. They get after you on the four check. It won't be an easy – it won't be an easy weekend because they have to – they have to watch out for Quinn Preston, Gustav, Westland, and and of course, once they get past that, they'd score in time in Napier. So, what are we looking at this weekend, boys?
1: Um, I'm looking at a little bit, I don't like to use this term, but I'm going to use it, a little bit of a revenge tour from last year, because if you look at the two series against Ohio State last year, we lost every single game, and we never led in any of those four games. So, it wasn't, wasn't a fun series for MSU fans to watch. And if you, if you actually look at the stats, it was three goals by the Spartans and 10 goals by OSU. So not a fun time. It was, uh, the second series was kind of when Letheman fell back down to earth and led in a lot of goals. And um, that's when, actually, fun fact, we saw DeRitter for the first time in a long time that season because, like I said, Letheman fell back to earth. So Dan Cole gave the nod to DeRitter. And uh, DeRitter actually played a great game in the second series against OSU. He played the first game in the second series, his first game in a very long time. And uh, he had 33 saves. And the only goal that was let in, it was kind of a little fluke goal. And they lost 1-0 because of it. So the revenge tour for Michigan State, hopefully that's coming. And DeRitter, he's going to be looking at that 1-0 game off that fluke goal that they lost last year. And he wants revenge too. So watch out, boys. Watch out.
2: I just kind of have a little bit of like a personal uh, affair with our personal interest in this game, just for the fact of uh, Tommy Napier is also from St. Louis and he went to uh, like one of my school's rival schools. Um, so obviously Napier is going to be, he, he's incredibly good, but it's going to be just, yeah, it's all about how if MSU can find a way to get past Napier. It's all dependent on the goalie battle, I think. See if DeWitt can ride his hot streak, but. That's, that, just, I think both these games, two very defensively-minded teams with two pretty good goalies going head-to-head.
3: Yeah, I mean, you look at Ohio State, and yeah, they haven't gotten off to the best of starts, but you take last night's 2 nothing defeat to Minnesota. They took five penalties um, and only had 22 shots on goal, and... I forgot who was in. Yeah. Napier gave up two goals on 35 shots. Um, If you're, when you're Ohio state, you can't be taking that many penalties in a game. It's going to disrupt the flow of the game. It's going to disrupt what you want to put on the ice. And I mean, that's what I'm pretty much going to be looking forward to uh, this weekend is how does Ohio state mitigate those, mitigate those penalties? Because at really, at some points in time, it's really going to take control of the game. You can't really find find your legs in a game where you continually take penalties. So,
0: yeah, and it's weird because both years we looked at, we both we we've looked at what the how the teams fared last year. Well, that is relevant. It seems like every team that Michigan State is going to play this year is is had lost a ton because we've talked about what Michigan State lost. We talked about that Arizona State lost a lot. And Ohio State's uh, no different. They, they lost Tanner Leszczynski, Carson Meyer, Ronnie Hine. Ronnie Hine gave Michigan State a lot of issues last year. So that, that is three big pieces they have to recover from. And, of course, Ohio State, they didn't get a win. They, they played a very good Minnesota team on the road, and they did not get a win. So they're going to be gunning. They're on a short week. So they're going to be extra focused on recovering. And it should be an interesting series. So now we come into, uh, go into the segment that I kind of integrated last week sounded braggy. i didn't mean it just that but anyway uh, blank wins if so we're gonna go around the zoom call uh, ohio state wins if complete the sentence
1: ohio state wins if they get their special teams going last year they led the big 10 in power play goal percentage with uh, 27.6 percent and against minnesota they went zero and four in the power play and i didn't really see anything special so osu wins if they get the power play going
0: all right, uh, Mr. McLaren, Ohio State wins if?
3: Um, I think they'll win if they can get past and break down that MSU defense. Um, we saw in the Arizona State game, you're not just going to have to go up against the two D-men. You're going to have to worry about back-checking forwards. And I feel like if Ohio State can keep them on their heels or can keep MSU on their heels, they'll be able to squeak a couple past the Ritter.
0: Yeah, um, I don't like going last. Cammy kind of bit off my thing. But, yeah, so my thing is, so if Ohio State can uh, make Michigan pay in the Michigan State pay in the neutral zone, uh, you saw like that like, Michigan State's defense been, like, pushing it up. And, and uh, Michigan State's D- uh, blue line does have two new guys. They have new deep pairings, They're still getting used to each other. And they're trying new systems where they're trying to integrate it more. So if they if they start forcing things, Ohio State can force a couple turnovers. Arizona State forced a couple, but they didn't, pay, uh, they, they didn't make Michigan State pay for them. So if Ohio State can force a couple turnovers on neutral zone pass and take, take them the other way, I think they'll win the series. Now we're going to go around. Michigan State will win if, Mr. Ryan.
1: If they dominate the faceoff game. Cam touched on this a little bit earlier how uh, faceoffs were very important against ASU how Tommy Apap and Josh Nadler were very dominant on the or in the circle. So I'd say once they if they dominate the faceoff game, which by the way OSU did not look good in the faceoff game against uh, Minnesota, if they dominate the or if MSU dominates the faceoff game, they get possession, they could do what they want, they could control the play of the game and they could win.
2: I, I, was, I didn't go last round, um, but I did that just because my answer is the same for both of these. It's really just a battle of whichever team can generate offense because both teams are generally pretty offensively challenged um m s u scored three goals in the entire year of last weekend um, and only allowed one, so you know it's not like an exactly a big great offensive showing um Ohio State only scored one goal the entirety of their last series. It's, but at the same time, they still have Tommy Napier in net. So it's. I feel like it's going to be a very big defensive battle, two pretty similarly built teams. And so just how it depends on how well they can move the puck and try and generate scoring chances in the offensive zone.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay I'm going to cut you up on the button because I'm, I want to jump off Jacob's point. Yeah. Uh, so when you have two teams that, that just basically, they're not Wisconsin, or Michigan. They're not, not going to run guns. They're going to make the most, they're, make make the most of their opportunities and play strong defense. And I think when you're playing Tommy Napier, Michigan State wins if they score first. If they can get up and they're not in a hole to a strong goaltender and a strong defense, I think they'll be fine. Especially since Ohio State really, literally, uh, they really won't make threaten you uh, offensively. That's just what it is. Michigan State can score first. I think they'll win.
3: Yeah, I mean, kind of to piggyback off of your point, it's kind of a different view. Uh, I'm gonna say whoever wins the second period, um, Minnesota or the Minnesota Ohio State series, both um, the first game they both scored once, the last game they didn't, or the second game they didn't score at all in the second period. Same, and then the Michigan State Arizona State game, they looked very shaky. Um, in that first game, in the second period, um. They kind of got caught on their toes. They really had no clue how to deal with a fast-changing Arizona State team. And, you know, that's what you're going to get in the period of of the long change is these young defensemen are probably going to – if they get caught, they're going to be out there for a while. Um, So, if you're Michigan State, you really want to keep the puck in the Buckeye Buckeye offensive zone during that second period and maybe squeeze a couple past Napier if you're lucky, especially since – Michigan State, the past couple of years, has been a very good team when leading after two periods.
0: That is that is advanced statistics, if I've ever, if I've ever heard them. <laughs> but now we get to my personal segment. Don't know about you guys. Haven't asked you. Should. I should care about you guys more. I'm not just using you as pawns on my podcast. My podcast. All right, I'm done talking. That sounds mean. <laughs> uh, we're going to get to the picks. Uh, so, but, uh, BTM Pickham, last week, I uh, – I switched my picks because I let it for the first time ever and ended up screwing me because I screwed myself out of two winning picks. So we have a tie of two points across the board. Each one of us picked one sweep correctly. And we have a short week this week because Thanksgiving and college hockey scheduling is weird to begin with. So we only have four series to get to. So first one, Notre Dame versus Michigan. Who do we have here?
1: I have Michigan in the sweep. Um, Michigan looked very impressive starting off the season and Notre Dame did not look very impressive. And um, if you, if you look at Notre Dame, they was, they U of M has a high talent team. Like we, if you, if you watch any of the games, you could see that they, they're just flourishing with talent. So Notre Dame did not look good against a talented team. So I pick U of M in the sweep.
2: I've also got U of M in a sweep. I, they're who we th- thought they were. Michigan is who we thought they were. Very talented team, and are you probably the most talented team in the Big Ten? Just that level of talent, you can't really pick against it.
3: Same here. I've got U of M in the sweep. They're back at Yoast, um, and I think they're just gonna blow Notre Dame out of the water. Sorry to sorry to say that.
0: Yeah, uh, I don't think, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, Notre Dame hasn't played since their series at Wisconsin, so they're going to be cold, and I think Michigan hit some hard coming out of the gate, Michigan sweeps, so we have Michigan sweep
1: across the board.
0: Now we get to the one that we are here to talk about, Michigan State versus Ohio State in Columbus this weekend, how do we feel?
1: I'm picking MSU for the sweep here. And the reason is Ohio State, they looked very rusty in their first series. Um, If they break that rust, they could easily challenge MSU. But if they go off to the slow start and they don't break that rust and they lose a lot of face-offs like I talked about earlier, I'd say MSU can run away with this series. They might have the chance, but we'll see. I pick MSU in the sweep.
2: I've got a 1-1 split. I wouldn't be surprised at all with an MSU sweep, but I think Ohio State's going to knock the rust off a little bit. By, and they're going to get at least one game on it. Um, but then again, I still wouldn't be very surprised if it went to an MSU sweep.
3: I am with Ryan on this one. I have MSU in a sweep. Um, it's a short week for Ohio State, if I remember correctly. Um, so I don't think they are as – deep as that Minnesota team is um, in terms of playing, you know, four games in six or seven days. Um, And I think with the way that this team played in games one and two with forwards on the back check, helping out young defensemen, I think a good week of uh, practice and a nice Thanksgiving uh, Turkey break. will give them some uh, extra legs and uh, yeah, I'm picking the Spartans in a sweep.
0: All right. Uh, I'm I'm a Jacob here. I'm taking a split. I think Ohio State comes out Friday night, angered on a short week. I think they're going to fuel up, especially for Friday night. I think they're going to get up to an early lead. Michigan State's not going to catch up. And then I think Michigan State kind of uh, gets off their heels. They settle down. They think, I think they take game two. Because I think, if I'm not mistaken, Michigan State was a better Saturday night team than uh, Friday night team last year. And I think that trend continues. So I have, I have a split. Uh, Now we move on to a little non-conference play. Uh, Michigan State's last opponent uh, travels to Madison to take on the Badgers. How do we feel, everyone?
1: I've got a split. It's hard to pick a split in this game off of how Wisconsin looked to start off the season. But for Arizona State, they're they're still a talented team coming off against a rough series against Michigan, losing two games, and then versing MSU, losing one and tying one. They're a good team. I feel like they have to get a win eventually. They have the talent, and that's why I'm picking a split for that series.
2: Arizona State's going to have to get a win eventually, but it is, this is not the weekend for that. Uh, I've got Wisconsin in a sweep. Um, simply put, from the way these games are shaped up, Wisconsin scores a lot. Arizona State does not. Arizona State scored, what, two goals the entire season now? Um, mm-hmm. I was Dude. doing quick math Wisconsin's got over 20 Quick math. The, the play. so if you just simply take the math Wisconsin scores a lot Arizona State does not I Wisconsin was a
3: sweep
0: that's the math I got you into Michigan State alright Mr. McLaren what do you have
3: I have Wisconsin in a sweep but my pick is completely contingent on one thing and that is the is that and that is Arizona State having the same lineup as when they played Michigan State without their leading scorer, and Johnny Walker? If Walker is in for this game, that could be a huge deal for Arizona State. It's their leading scorer. It's one of the leaders on their team. They look like a like a lost Wolf Pack right now. They're kind of spiraling out of control.
1: Oh. <laughs> did we lose? Oh, camp? He, he froze mid mid sentence. Oh no! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I um, and
3: I think if he if he's not all right, am I back now?
1: Yes, you yes. are back. Keep going. <laughs>
3: okay, what did I? What was the last thing you heard?
1: A uh, lone pack of wolves was as. Yes,
3: yes, they look like a lost pack of wolves without their leader right now. And if if he stays out, Wisconsin's going to wipe the floor with him. Not. Totally, but they would win this series. If Walker is back in, this is a completely different series. Um, look for both teams to light the lamp as many times as humanly possible.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree Johnny Walker would make a difference, but I, uh, at the end of the day when I made my picks, I took, I took Wisconsin because, frankly, one team's proven and one team is not. Uh, Michigan State is not a team that takes a lot of shots. They are a team that capitalizes on the ones that count and they even the Arizona State's defense lets uh, Michigan State put up 40 shots on Cole Mason or Cole Brady, my bad. And you can't give Wisconsin's playmakers that uh, the puck in that kind of space and allow them to have that many shots and come out with a win, especially in Madison. So I'm taking Wisconsin. Like Jacob said, Arizona State will get a win eventually, but it's just not going to be this weekend. All right. uh, And our final pick of the uh, of this episode, uh, Michigan travels to not so happy Valley to take on the Nittany Lions. That'll be the that'll be December 2nd and 3rd. I believe we record on one of those days. I believe we record on the second, but I'm just going to count both in this one. So Wolverines, Nittany Lions, how do we feel about this?
1: I'm taking Michigan with the sweep. You look at Penn State's opening series against Wisconsin. They let up seven goals in the first game and six goals. Michigan, like I said earlier, is a talent, very talented team like Wisconsin. I don't see how they could stop all that high-powered offense, and uh, that's why I choose Michigan with the sweep.
2: I've also got the Wolverines in a sweep. Um, if you look at Penn State's games they've played so far this year, the teams that I would say are the two most comparable with the, uh, in terms of like how high power of an offense they have are Minnesota and Wisconsin, the two teams that Penn State's played so far. And they have not fared well against either of them at all. They haven't won a game. So I feel like both those, all those teams that played are pretty much on the same level. So it only makes sense to pick Michigan here for the, for to the win.
3: All of the Penn State students that are still in Unhappy Valley right now are singing Barry Manilow's Can't Smile Without You because none of their sports teams have been great, and they will continue to not be great. I am picking Michigan in a sweep. The times are getting darker over there in Pennsylvania, um, and I would not want to be there if if I were them.
0: Fair enough. Uh and also Michigan plays Penn State in football this weekend. And I have Michigan going three and oh and all that. Uh Penn State is bad in football, but I think they're even worse in hockey. Right now, they just can't put the puck in the net. And you can't win hockey games if you don't put the puck in the net. So uh forget football. We're talking about hockey here, but yeah, Michigan's offense is just too strong and Straussman's too good for for a lackluster offense. I, I have the Wolverines in the sweep.
3: Yeah, and to uh to cut in here i uh formally redact my statement from last week about saying that penn state is a hockey school they are not a hockey school nor are they a football school i believe that they are just a school located <laughs> in pennsylvania and i still have yet to find out i know that you can take a helicopter or a plane near there but i have yet to see it on a map so
2: penn state slander love it
3: <laughs> it's not slander i'm just saying eh. Penn State. Are it's, fun right here. Now. it's unhappy Valley. It's unhappy Valley for a reason, guys. We're going to get on, we're going to get on a train or a plane. We're going to go there. We're going to bring some like smiley face balloons to them because that's all the, that's the only thing they have right now. It's the only thing that could cheer them up.
0: Or the Steelers.
1: And even worse for Penn State, their opening basketball game against Drexel got canceled as well. So if they were looking for a win there, they unfortunately couldn't get one today. Yeah,
0: well, I mean, they might get one in football because Harbaugh still might start Joe Milton. But that's <clears> I we'll leave that to uh, Spartan Red Zone. That, that's not our territory. I don't want to step on any toes here at Impact. Uh, so, I mean, that's all, we, that's all we have for Hockey Talk today. A little short episode because we less to cover today. So, it is the day before Thanksgiving. Hope everyone has a happy Thanksgiving. Uh, none of us will be in Columbus this weekend because of restrictions at Impact. We cannot travel at the moment. So we'll be watching from, from TV, same as all of you will be. But I'm sure I'll, I'll tweet about something. About, I'll, I'll tweet something about it. You can find that at K-Y-L-E-H-A-T-T-Y-I-N. So Kyle, Hattie I-N. So yeah.
1: Gents, Thanksgiving, what's, what's, our, uh, what's our go-to dish for Thanksgiving?
0: Can I get in my soapbox here?
1: Go right ahead. <laughs>
2: No, you're go you going last. (laughs) Okay, fair. So, are we just going to go, let's go best side dish. We'll go best side dish. And I I was told before the pod, this is like apparently not a universal thing, but mac and cheese easily is the best. It's like the only, it's the only thing that you eat, what you would normally eat on any other time outside of Thanksgiving.
0: It is, it's not universal. It should be, but it's not. It should but, be, yes.
2: But also another another very underrated thing that for some reason no one else does, uh, you have to take the roll, you have to take dinner rolls uh, and turn them into a sandwich with a turkey and stuffing on it. It's great. I don't know why pe- more people don't do it. I'll address that later.
3: Uh, uh, yeah. the, kid St. Louis. the kid from St. Louis is ruining everything. <laughs> it's okay. We, we still like you, Jacob. Um, St.
2: Louis has more cups. But-
3: Best side dish, it's got to be the green bean casserole. Um, Two different schools of thought. There are people that use cream of mushroom soup and those that use cream of chicken. I was a cream of mushroom guy for the longest time until somebody suggested cream of chicken um, to use with uh, your green bean casserole. And it is a move I am glad that we made um, a couple of years ago because it just tastes that much better. So yeah, that's that's if you're gonna make green bean casserole, consider using cream of chicken.
1: For me, I I gotta go with uh sweet potato casserole. I I love I'm a yam guy. I like yams. And uh just mixing that together, we put some uh some marshmallows on the top, maybe add some walnuts in there. Uh that's my favorite dish. I I grab way too much of that. Maybe maybe like half of my plate is proportioned to sweet potato casserole and then the rest of the Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> It, it's it's a good dish.
3: Do you like, put I'm caramel not. on it?
1: I do not, but you know what? That might be that might be something that changes this year. Thank you, Cam.
3: Add the caramel.
0: Food tips and find the mask. All right. I'm gonna get on my soapbox here. Uh, Thanksgiving food is terrible. I I'm not gonna <laughs> lie, the best food at Thanksgiving <laughs> on my Thanksgiving plate is when I scrape the gravy off with a roll. <laughs> Stuffing is not good. Turkey's dry and unflavored. Green bean casserole is good, but that's the only, only day of the year I'll eat it. Macaroni and cheese, I can't complain. Pumpkin pie is overrated. Like, just, just the whole dish as a whole. Like, outside of mac and cheese, you won't eat any, any of that other food on on another day of the year. And to make, make it all worse, usually I'm watching the Lions when it happens, and
2: they can't win a football game. Their life's dependent on it. Yeah, very, very great football slate there tomorrow with the, the Lions and Texans and then the football team and the Cowboys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can't even. I can't even get
0: lost in my food and focus on that. I like Christmas better, if you can't
2: tell. You gotta do something, Christ. Right. <laughs> we'll
0: discuss our Thanksgiving uh, food uh, another time. But for now, everyone have a happy Thanksgiving. For all of us here at Behind the Mask, thank you for listening.